There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life, and check it out. They got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now, with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone, so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill. Hey, this is Tyler. And this is Casey. And this is Eric. And you're listening to the Element Podcast. Yeah. What's happening on my woods, people? We're sitting on the couch, just struggling through another cobweb Monday right here. Cobwebs, and, uh, huh? Yeah, this is the Nebraska Furniture Mart couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, today on the show, we've got uh, a new guest, <laughs> at least new for this week. His name's Eric Gentry. Eric, how was Illinois? Man, it was good. Chopped off all my hair though, so chopped it. Yeah, Chipotle Sh- style. Sh- chopped it. <laughs> did, you, did you just move on with a sword? Just... That's yeah. pretty much why I told the lady cut my hair. I was like, I took my ponytail. I was like, I kind of just want to cut this off. Took my ponytail. You don't hear guys say that very often. Yeah. But hey, not all guys are comfortable with their straightness. That's right. KC. I have curly hair, so I can't be. <laughs> I can't be comfortable with the straightness. That's um, true. And you sound like you're a long ways from your microphone. Am I? Yeah. I don't know if I am. Oh, yeah. I'm not monitoring the audio right now, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's it going is. on. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Look at you. Uh, Eric says it looks, looks good. good. It doesn't sound good. Sounds good. I can... <laughs> looks good, sounds good, feels good. Right? That's what they say. Hey, man. Um, be happy. What'd you do with all your hair? Mm, it's probably still laying on the ground up you there. Didn't keep it or Actually, anything? she uses it for her fruit trees. So but she just keeps the deer away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it actually produces more fruit. She's yeah, you think that she's actually cloning you. <laughs> That's what they're doing. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> she's actually good. a good friend of ours. Like she's known me my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Single. No, she's no. Sorry, no. She's got several husbands. <laughs> <laughs> He's just her husband's actually a big burly man, and yeah. I don't want to mess with that Dude, guy. <laughs> I saw a funny thing on "It's Not the Bee." Uh, you know, do you follow that account? 
it's uh, like a Babylon B spoof or something. No, it is the Babylon B, but they it's oh. like a headline so like woke that they can't be real, but they actually are. <laughs> okay, and it was like a so they can't put them on the B because it's like just too good as is, right? Mm-hmm. So the headline was uh, school district. Like, I can't remember. Anyways, there was a story more than a headline, but it was like school district praises um, Muslim kid for for uh, being brave, talking about his two mothers, and then come to find out it's not because he has two lesbian mommies; it's because his dad has two wives. <laughs> oh. <he's> Muslim. <laughs> oh. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they kind of bit him in the butt. So well, go broke. Go woke, or as they say, or whatever, right? So, uh, it's close. Yeah, it's close to what like they that. say, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who knows? Was it Goya Beans that came up with that? Uh, probably. Or I forgot foods, about that being beans. a thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird deal. Dude, yeah, like every MAGA person was buying Goya <laughs> black beans for a little while. What is going on here? Uh, they weren't buying black ones. They are buying all kinds of beans. I know. My mom went out and bought a bunch of Goya stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right, you just continue on with your normal purchasing habits. Yeah. Yeah. Eating beans like once a month That's is okay, right. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We've got a few things to talk about on this podcast. Excited to come back to you guys. We're very irregular right now, uh, which is the kind of the way we roll to an extent. But yeah. uh, uh, in case he thought that was funny because he thought I meant something different. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this is uh, there's a lot that's happened lately, and um, we are going to try to skip around and talk about the things that we haven't already talked about on podcasts. Yeah. Things that uh, haven't at least published yet, because yeah. our timeline's a little off right now, too. It is, it is, but yeah. we're, we're going to make sense to y'all, I think, by the end of this thing, like we usually do. Um, we're very sensible. <laughs> but you have to listen all the way to the end for it to make that's sense, exactly so be ready, right. guys. Like to, literally till it says zero on the, right. on the podcast app that you're on. Yeah, we have recorded a couple other podcasts uh we went to uh, Total Archery Challenge in San Antonio and did that with um, Isaac Smith of Vector. Went down there and shot that thing, so that podcast will come out later. But uh, well, since we have Eric back, we're going to actually kind of um, talk about some turkey hunting stuff that we've been doing. Yeah, right? historically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not a sponsor, but cold brew, watermelon, sweet tea. Pretty good stuff, Is man. it sweet? Yeah. Zero sugar. So what, how did you get that to happen? Because it's a tea We bag. got it in there, dude. So they have a sweetener in the tea bag? Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. It's That's good kind of innovative. It's good. The blackberry is good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so one of the podcasts that we did recently was actually not on our podcast. It was on uh, the Madam podcast, which is <laughs> also known as Land and Legacy podcast with Matt and Adam. And we did that in a turkey camp in Missouri uh, there on Adam's property, which is really cool because Adam got to come to our property last year, last spring or last summer, I think. It right. was 2020. Was it 2020? Mm-hmm. Okay. 2020, summertime. That's right. Adam came out to both of our properties and did like uh, just, you know, he does consultation for a living, property consultation, but uh, he did it for free for us, which is cool and very nice. What a nice him. guy. He's a super nice guy. And um, I don't know. It was very neat, but like seeing his property, the projects they do, like I just don't even know how they have time to do that stuff, but it's, it's really cool. Him and his brother out there. We went and uh, we're going to go turkey hunt with them. So the night before the turkey hunt, we sat around a desk and talked on a podcast. Uh, it was the week after Easter, I believe. And Adam really wanted to talk about John 19. So we did some of that. It was good. You should go listen to it if uh, you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, 
very much about kind of the experience of hunting and nature and creation and all the things. And then also a little bit about uh, the way that we talk and why we say things that we say the way we say it, right? I forgot we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that was um, one of the, that was a good podcast. It was pretty funny because at the beginning, uh, Adam was like, uh, I'm thinking like 30, 45 minutes, guys. I'm like, bro, we ain't even going to be on the subject until 30 minutes, 30. So. <laughs> but, I mean, we did stay on the course pretty good, but we were, I mean, it's something we're pretty passionate about talking yeah, about. Yeah. So. And they're just good friends of ours. Yeah. They have been for a few years now, several years. You get so. four good friends who are also four podcasters in a room together. Yeah. Probably going to be some talking. Yeah, talking until the morning, just about. In about here. But anyway, it's a fun time. Uh, one thing that we. We got to do um, was hunt turkeys the next morning. We had mm-hmm. one. We had uh, I don't I don't know I don't remember how much I don't think we had much time to hunt there basically. Um, but anyway, um, so the way that they hunt turkeys is a little different than you and I. There's this thing called Tenth Legion. <laughs> so the way they hunt's a little closer to that. I think I've never read that. book. I have not cracked it. No. No. There's a. I'm a little more into a different book, but there is that is a book about turkey hunting, <laughs> and I think we're a little closer to that with the way that we did things um, while we were hunting up there. And so, um, you know, the difference is basically if you go if you haven't watched it yet, you need to go watch our Tennessee turkey hunt on YouTube because that'll show you the exact opposite of Tenth Legion style hunting. I think uh, we're basically jump shooting turkeys like. Waterfowl. Yeah, we. I call it utilitarian style hunting. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just do the thing you have to do to kill the animal. Yeah, within the legal bounds. You think an Indian would have let that thing get out there and not shot at it? No way. No way. No way. So anyway, that's what we did. But here's something that I, I just wanted to say before we get too deep into this. I guess so. I started. I have started through all this to understand, like why people do it that way as opposed to the way that we do it. And I'm not there yet. I'm still the guy that if a, if a bird gets up and flies off, like I'm probably going to shoot at it because mm-hmm. I want I want to take that bird home and eat it. I love eating them. And uh it doesn't like there's nothing inside me that convicts me to think really that I don't that that's not cool or that's not good or whatever. You know what I mean? So but I want to say that with the caveat of like I, I the way that they do it, I understand it, and I understand why they want to do it. It's the same concept or a similar concept to me holding out for a three year old plus in Texas or a four or five year old in Kansas mm-hmm. or a certain class of deer score wise or yeah. a certain number of points or whatever or throwing a big swim bait because you want to weed out the one pounders yeah. or whatever yeah. or bow hunting instead yeah. of rifle hunting you know mm-hmm. like there's so that we all have these things right but I don't project that on anybody I don't say necessarily that you should bow hunt um, I think maybe you should drive if you like being close to animals that's why I like it so I like to get close to them there's a lot of other reasons too but um you know, as far as effectiveness goes, like a rifle's effective, and um, if, if if you know if you want to do that and be effective, then that's cool. It doesn't bother me within the legal bounds. Like, do what you do what you do. You know. Um, anyway, so I just think that there's like for me, part a big part of the beauty of bow hunting is getting close to the animal and having these close encounters without getting seen, still remaining like a part of the tree or the part of the habitat, right? That's cool. And so I have 
some empathy for those who would like Adam and maybe Matt, but Adam and his brother, they want like their experience that they're looking for in a turkey woods because they grew up hunting turkeys. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that like I need to kill a turkey every year kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? But their experience, what they're looking for, from what I understand, is uh, basically what happens happened when we were there. But you know, call gobbler in off the roost. Uh, he comes in hammering. He comes into one decoy. It's one hen decoy. There's no reaper. There's no fan. There's no Jake. Nothing. It's one hen decoy. He comes in. You got him fooled. He's love struck. You hit him with a, you know, call. Stretches his neck out, gobbles, and you shoot him. Mm-hmm. And that's like the experience they wanted. And that's what happened. Like we, we went out and we, uh, uh, Chad, Adam's brother, had heard a gobbler the night before. And we all kind of split out and tried to do some stuff. And, and they actually had a cell cam set on the field below this. Yeah. And he got a picture of that of a gobbler after he had gone through to go listen. Yeah. Which is funny to see like the 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 melding if I'm using that right. Yeah. Of, of like cultural modern technology. stuff. Yeah. Still being implemented within that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It is interesting. But anyway, so he had, he heard a gobbler or whatever and kind of had a pretty good idea where it was well we go out um you know the morning after we heard that gobble and um right off the bat we're hearing we get into the woods we hear him kind of hammering and we work our way down this pretty steep mountain and uh get into a spot where like it's starting to get kind of light um and he's gobbling pretty close by and so we're kind of weird about like whether he's going to stay there for much longer we kind of need to hit him with the call so he has an idea where he's going after he gets off the roost you know doesn't fly the other way this is at least how i'm i'm experiencing this um yeah we don't know chad and adam's thought process at this point so yeah yeah. so but i i'm here um on the invite for the most part like so I, I want to do it like they want to do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they only all, they only want to take one bird off the place that day. So it's yeah. like you're going to be the hunter because I killed in Tennessee. They don't take two out of a group when it comes. Yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. They only shoot one bird. They don't double. Yeah. And so and they only take four birds off the property all year. Four yeah. gobblers. Um, so that was kind of like the thing. I was kind of there for the the ride and to get a little bit of like social stuff or yeah. with the phone and stuff like and that. And you had show uh, you had shot a, a bird in Tennessee, so yeah. you kinda were like, all right, you're up. Yeah. So that's and this is like this is something I wanted to be I wanted to do it like they wanted to and I wanted everything to go like they wanted to. It's their property, mm-hmm. it's their the way of wanting to do it. It's something that they are passionate about. And it's kinda like, you know, I think of it like I I've watched a few mediator episodes, right? Steve Rennell, like he goes to places and says how do you do this? Mm-hmm. How do you skin that squirrel? How do you do this? Uh, how do you hunt this way? You know, what are you doing with your dogs there? What are they saying to you? He's always asking questions. And that's kind of what I was doing. It was like, you know, and so anyway, I didn't want to overstep any bounds by any means. Well, uh, try to speed this up, but like this, this bird comes off the roost when we sit down pretty quick, uh, near a fire lane that they had cut, which, you know, made for like a little bit of a cleared place for them, for maybe that bird to strut down to us. We put the decoy in that lane set up. Eric's on my left, uh, kind of slightly uphill of me filming and we can hear this bird getting closer. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. And all of a sudden he hammers like 40 yards probably from us and i'm like oh on the other side of a huge rock huge like bunch of boulders right and so when he did that everybody's like oh he's right here dude well adam's right behind me and eric too kind of like 
talking us through this thing, you know, and pumping us up. And when I hear that, I'm like, he's about to come over the top side of that rock, mm-hmm. which the our decoy's on the bottom side of the rock. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. Because he's coming right at the call, right? He's mm-hmm. not coming to our decoy. Um, so anyway, he... He, I should have told Eric at that moment. I thought about it, but I should have told you, like, hey, he's going to come out on the top side right there. Yeah. And instead of doing that, I didn't do it because I thought, I don't want to be the guy that, like, is like, oh, you do this, you do that, you do this, and then mess up the whole thing for everybody. But, mm-hmm. you know, when Adam is kind of a more of a turkey expert than I am, and so I didn't want to mess it up. But that's what I would have done if it was just you, mm-hmm. me, and KC. I would have said, hey, you know, turn and face that rock right there. And I'm going to – I would have jumped out about two steps, you know, just slid out about two steps and been able to shoot around you. Well, long story short, Gobbler comes down on top of the rock, strutting and spitting and drumming and everything. And Eric's kind of facing downhill. And so the bird's on his left. And so, I mean, the, the bird is at 20 yards by the rock. We can't move at all. It's dead calm. It's to the point where, like, Adam's telling me and Eric uh, to breathe shallower mm-hmm. because the, our, we're, like, steaming. Our breath is, like, steaming, and it's getting caught in the sunlight and stuff, you know? I'm always worried that the turkey's going to catch me just heaving over there because every yeah. time, the like, the first gobbler of the day comes in, this is a new experience for me, but, like, I start breathing real hard. I get real excited. <laughs> Dude, I was stoked, man. Yeah. I was like, it's like one of those deals where you Adam even told us like to squint your eyes, and I, I do that with yeah. deer, you know. And I was like, "Yeah, it's probably a pretty good idea, especially a turkey." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm like squint my eyes or whatever. And this bird just struts around forever right there. I can't shoot him because a Eric is on my left. The bird's uphill on my left, and if I shoot, it's not that I'm going to hit Eric, but it's going to just like collapse his eardrums, and it's just not good etiquette, right? So. I'm like not even entertaining shooting at this time, and it would be real hard to get on film yeah, because be like, oh, Eric's got to swing around. Yeah, shoot while he's you know all of a sudden gets out of strut. But anyway, he's just like and drumming. Oh, like I can the hear him time, hard dude. on the drumming. I don't know what it was where Chad and I were sitting, where we could hear it better than y'all could. We were just kind of behind y'all, but I had like such good view of what was going on. It was awesome. The dude was, was the reddest head I've ever seen. And then like the top of it was white, you know, cause he had like that dual coloration thing going on. Uh, and like he was going, and it was just, dude, it was so sick. And he did it for like, it's like 20 minutes, 30 30. minutes. It, was, yeah. it took forever. Yeah. What is neat though, is that in that, um, Adam and Chad kind of have a way they want to do it. Mm-hmm. They were willing to shoot that bird the way it was. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, oh no, he didn't come where we wanted him to. Like mm-hmm. it was, Adam was trying to get y'all set up to yeah. turn around on that bird to shoot it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, at one point, the bird finally was strutting, facing straight away, and Eric probably couldn't hear what either one of us are saying, but we were yelling at the same time, like whisper yelling, like turn, 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 and turn, like we were freaking out, and then all of a sudden he turned back before Eric could even move. You know, so we didn't get a whole lot of footage of this particular moment anyway the bird works long story short a full circle around all of us and you and chad are like probably what 10 yards or less behind us Mm -hmm. and um the bird works all the way around right close to y'all right we have a fence right behind us yeah and so that turkey like kind of went and got up next to the fence then went under the fence and walked down the hill and i bet you i couldn't see behind me um of course so i was just standing still I could feel him, and I could hear his footsteps, so he's real close. Yeah. Chad was uh, about 90 degrees around the tree from me, or a little more, so he could see him go down the hill. I think he was like probably 12 to 15 yards from Chad at one point in time. Mm. 
So scary. Yeah. Well, so he works off uh, because we got we were quiet and. Dude, I'm telling you, there was no wind. So there's five dudes standing it's at the quietest 20 yards from this bird. And yeah. somehow, over the course of like 30 minutes or more, this bird never spooks mm-hmm. inside of us. And never gets weird, <laughs> really gets weird or anything. And as soon as the bird like kind of crests the hill, it was like at least three different toots that went off. <laughs> yeah. We all had Casey's Pizza the night before. so <laughs> The bird never saw our decoy, I don't think. No. I don't so, think so. Which is weird because... When he was on top of the rocks, I felt like he could have seen it potentially, mm-hmm. and he was definitely only like 20 yards away, but we were in thick stuff. He never saw the decoy. So anyway, if he had seen the decoy, it would have been game over. Never did. Circled around the opposite way of the decoy, up the hill just slightly, and then all the way back down. Started working back downhill towards the field in the bottom, and uh, when he got outside, like we could hear him hammer every once in a while. He, he was probably only like 70 yards, um, but we like... He's, and he was started heading downhill or whatever. And Adam was like, let's just rock and roll. We'll go up the hill to top field. Well, hmm. the hill was steep. And <laughs> yeah. it was a pretty good haul up there. And we blitzed it, dude. And something's weird about it because I don't feel, I feel like Adam does a lot of driving and probably doesn't work out a whole lot. And that dude and Chad just got up that hill like seemingly like nothing. We were sucking wind. We were sucking wind pretty good. I think that's where I started feeling like realizing like I wasn't just normal. Like I was kind of sick <laughs> or something because yeah. I was like, I shouldn't be this tired right now. But I thought maybe it was just an adrenaline thing. I didn't know. I yeah. had it going on too. As soon as we get to the top, I think we all started coughing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't like cough, cough but I'll tell you I was uh, – tired yeah. for sure i didn't have any of the breathing stuff but anyway we were all tired we'd get up to the top of the hill finally we're like people are shedding clothes we're sweating you know <laughs> like we're not sure if this bird is even really he we're we're going straight away from this bird right uphill he's going down and so uh basically chad's like i'm gonna go out to the edge of the shelf over here and try to you know call him back in because he was hot and uh try to hit him call him back in and we're gonna all uh, the other guys are all going to kind of go set up in this field, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be picturesque if it actually worked. But anyway, he goes out to the edge of that thing. As soon as we split from Chad, Adam, I think Adam got out his box call and made a sound and got the bird to hammer again. And I'll never forget this. It was just a funny kind of Adam thing to do. He looks at me and says, he likes the way we talk. We all went the logs. They're good callers, man. Yeah. They're really good. Um, Effective. Yeah. Is probably, I would probably say that over good. Yeah. Because Mitchell's good, yeah. like world champion good, but like – End result was the same, and Adam and Chad both didn't use like a variety of sounds yeah. too much. I just thought it was he had really good control mm-hmm. because there was a there was when that bird got close and we called to him a couple times. Um, Adam could call really quiet and not have any squeaky notes or anything. It was it was pretty cool. So yeah. I uh, but anyway, so Chad goes out to the edge and starts calling way down in the bottom, you know, right on the holler and. Uh, and uh, we're all just kind of standing there out in the middle of this field. Not in the middle, but it's a small field, you know. But we're out there like 40 yards off the tree line maybe. Yeah. It's actually a clear-cut clear food plot that they put in yeah. up on top of the yeah, ridge. Right. Yeah, And they put in a little water uh, feature or whatever too. And um, there was a trail camera. That trail camera, cell, cell camera was right there. And, uh, or you know, one of them that they had pictures of turkeys on and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
well, we're just standing there and we're kind of just messing with each other and talking or whatever. And all of a sudden, we see this Sasquatch Chad coming through the <laughs> through the timber, and he's like, he's doing that whole like fast walk. And when he sees that we see him, he does this whole like, hey, he's coming and kind of like, his arms, you know, like get down, you know. And so we were like, oh crap! So we like blitz for this. Uh, Brush pile that was part of the cleared brush, right? This homemade home, homemade blind. Is homemade that blind. Is? <laughs> it was a big brush pile that they cleared, and per- it worked perfect for a blind. Mm-hmm. You know, so we get down. Eric gets behind this log, right behind me, and I'm sitting up against the logs. Adams to my left, KC and Chad kind of get back into the left, uh, kind of a little bit out of the action, and um, we're we're. I mean, we sit down and like within like 30 seconds, this dude is gobbling and coming through the timber like. Probably within a minute of sitting down, I see him at like 70 off to the left, just a touch. And I was like, there he is to the left, there he is to the left. And, you know, Adam and, and uh, Eric saw him, got on him. Hadn't reviewed the footage yet, but we're going to try to uh, start putting that together at some point. Hopefully that'll come out sometime in the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> and anyway, the bird comes out through the timber, strutting, just huge, perfect circular fan, you know. And he comes out, the sun's up now, so like all the colors, dude, like mm-hmm. all the colors. And he gets to the edge of the field and then just kind of stops and works his way real slow at that point. He sees our decoy and the, the little water feature, also known as a pond or a pool or a tank or whatever you want to call it, is sitting there. And he's like on one side of it and the decoy's on the other side. And so it's kind of a weird deal where he, he's kind of almost like a little bit hung up, like this hen should come around this thing to me instead of me having to come around this thing. But he's at like 35 yards probably. And so he's working his way to to the decoy slow, slow. So we sit there for a couple minutes, and I'm kind of – I want him to work into the decoy just to see how he reacts because I think that's what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's what they want. And, uh, you know, Eric's getting footage of him and stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, at, uh, I'm not even pointing at the bird. I'm, I'm pointing towards the decoy so he can get closer, you know, and I'll shoot him there. Well, Adam's like, see if you can get your gun. Turn around pointing at the bird and I was like well I mean I can or we can just watch this bird strut for a second you know? <laughs> so I was like I'm kind of in that mode you now all of a sudden you know and uh, so I just sit there for a minute and he, he's like I guess he thought I didn't hear him you know he goes um, I'm gonna he goes I'm gonna gobble and uh, or I'm gonna make him gobble and when he does shoot him you know or whatever basically move, move your gun over and shoot him so I'm sitting there whatever <laughs> I'm like, all right, you ready, Eric? He's like, yeah. And so I'm, uh, uh, Adam hits like a loud yelp or whatever, and that bird just goes, and when he does that, I, I yank over about, you know, a foot and, and uh, put it on his head. And I don't know if he saw me or not, but he still had his neck stretched out for a second there. He's like in a half strut almost. And I was just like, put a bead on him and just, and he just, Locked up right there, over, over, man, mm-hmm. just right in the field. It's so picturesque, man. And so, like, I jump up, and like normally I'm like, you know, Mister Football Guy celebration, you know. And uh, I like, tr- I started to do that, and then I was like, I looked at Adam. He was pretty relaxed, so I was like, 
okay, maybe this is not like a thing that turkey hunters do, you know? <laughs> so I started like trying to calm down. I was like, man, thank y'all so much. I didn't know what to say, but she's like, yeah. thank you. So that was so cool. Thank y'all for doing that. Yeah. She's like, started thanking everybody, you know? I was like, that was my, that was my outlet of energy was to thank everybody, <laughs> you know? I didn't know what else to do because I really wanted to just scream and holler and run over and look at the bird, you know? I'm pretty yeah. sure you can so. see that like in your face in the footage. You stand up and you're like... <laughs> And then you just kind of like, yeah. you're smiling, but you're like, oh, okay, I can't really go nuts. I didn't know what to do, you know, so I, I kind of held back a little bit because I thought that might be something that was in the 10th Legion that I hadn't read yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah, chapter verse, please. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> so anyway, There's, I just kind of, I stood there and we, we kind of relished the moment actually before we went to the bird. That's thing that turkey hunters do, uh, you know, because I wouldn't say that um, Adam and Chad are by any means on like that you know, the far wing of like, you know, uh, elitist or anything, but they're more of like a, they have a, a certain way, like we've been talking about. Right. And then like our dead end buddies are kind of like, Hey, let's just kill them turkeys. I love to kill turkeys, yeah. you know? So, yeah. which is funny because they're hardcore turkey hunters. Oh, too. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, but still doesn't matter what group there's like this thing of like, we're going to stand around a bird for a little while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like for me, uh, hardly ever with any other bird for sure do you stand around the dead bird. You just pick it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Put but like with bag, turkeys. Yeah. Shoot another one. Exactly. But with turkeys, <laughs> like you stand around it for a while. Yeah. And I guess we've done that whenever it's just me and you turkey hunting before too. Like it, cause it's, it definitely is experiential, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's more than, because it's such a, hardly ever is a turkey hunt like 10 seconds. Yeah. Usually there's like a bird working his way in. Mm-hmm. So there's like a thing like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah. He's not flying in and then you shoot and then the birds that were a half mile away that didn't hear your gun are flying in two yeah. minutes later. Exactly. It's like, yeah. this is a one time a morning thing usually, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was really, really cool. I actually am very grateful that we experienced it that way because mm-hmm. it made me think about things a little different, but more than anything, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, this is different than what we've done before. And I like the different experiences because if it's cookie cutter, same thing every time, Mm -hmm. then it may not be as fun. One of the things about that, and I think this is where this comes from is that, um, some places it is straight up easier to kill turkeys Mm -hmm. than it is others. Yeah. Like where we live, it's impossible to kill turkeys because there's not any. (laughs) Yeah. So like anytime we get to go turkey hunting, we're always like, what can I do to kill a turkey? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to do. Whereas, like, where they live, I mean, of course, if you reap a turkey, you can kill it. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I've never seen it done in person, but from what I understand, it's, like, it's pretty much a golden ticket, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> there's, like, a there's a way to do it. And so, like, it's just a different thing, and it's a different outcome because of that. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, we're always like, whatever you can do to make it happen, yeah. make it happen. Well, know? I see this thing, too, where, like, people, um, people like to... People are very, we talk about this probably in another podcast soon, but like people are very polarizing. They're very, uh, what people would call radical or extremist in some Mm -hmm. situations where, but like it really is, um, like people think that reaping shouldn't, people that reap and put it on video are reaping because they want, um, to make a video. Right. Mm -hmm. And to an extent, as a guy who makes YouTube videos, I understand that. You know what I mean? I do understand that. But what people don't understand is like you're watching a YouTube video. So 
to watch YouTube videos of hunting, hunting people have to go out and make those videos while hunting. Yeah. And you're probably not going to watch it if there's not a kill in it. A lot of you, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, you're enabling them. Yes, they are doing something that you may not like 100%, but those guys are spending resources on hunts that, yes, are fun, and mm-hmm. sometimes maybe aren't so fun, and they're trying to bring stuff to you. So it's all this whole thing where, like, I, I, it sounds great that they're hunting for a living, but I'm just going to go ahead and say I've never reaped a turkey. I don't know if I ever will. I wouldn't be against it. I'd like to try it once. I would like to try it, too. Yeah. Because uh, I understand close people. To stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I understand people who are like, well, why do you have to do that? Let's just conserve. The, if there's enough birds, you wouldn't have to reap them. So let's do a conservation thing. And I understand all this plays together, right? Let's, But let's also just be careful to not like rage dudes that are doing that, you know, necessarily. And I, I mean, there, there's like we have to hold some people responsible. But we also maybe should see the whole picture of what they're doing as opposed to one video and then just rage on it. You know I think what I mean? the safety concern is the bigger thing for me than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a real, like, if there's a way to get shot hunting, that's yeah. the way to get shot. Well, you know, a way to not get shot while reaping is to be, like, in that field where we're at, heart of the property. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, on exactly. a place where they know nobody else is. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, a poacher could always be there, but whether you're using a turkey decoy or just walking around in camo, mm-hmm. poachers are, you know, potentially threatening. Yeah. So should we not walk around in camo? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm, I'm doing it on private <laughs> land, you know? Yeah. I don't go out on the first day of rifle in Sam Houston and walk around. Yeah. You know? With a deer head on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. Anyway, so I just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help everybody think about it. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like that, uh, you know, these people are, are, uh, trying, yes, they are trying to kill stuff on video yeah. because some of them make a living doing that, you know? Yeah. So I'll tell you what else. Um, if I had the option, I would do it the way we did with Adam and Chad or with Mitchell and Patrick with me later every time. Mm-hmm. It's fun to call in birds, yeah. you know, like that oh, is yeah. cool. But that's yeah. not always something that you can guarantee happening. It's easier to sit there than to crawl halfway across the pasture with a, reaper on mm-hmm. you know like so i'm the same way it's like let them birds come to me all the way goblin yeah. that's all i want to yeah. watch this you Dude, know it's cool being 15 yards from a strutting turkey <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that is a neat yeah. thing that, okay so that's what that reminds me of one thing i want to say also when that turkey was strutting in the field at the mm-hmm. very end there yeah, yeah, yeah there was rocks it's a rocky country so there's rocks on the ground and uh I, I, every time like he would he was when he was strutting like 30 yards i shot him at about 30 um I kept hearing the sound, and I was like, why is Adam moving behind me? <laughs> and then I, I started, I kept hearing him move. And I'm thinking, what is he doing? Like, he's a, he knows not to move right yeah. now. And so I finally started timing up those movements that Adam was making with the, the full struts. And I was going, dadgummit. <laughs> like, it's weird because it the sound was bouncing off my hood mm-hmm. on my jacket, I think. But it sounded like it was coming from behind me. What mm-hmm. it was is that turkey, every time he stretched out a full strut, his wingtips hit those rocks and it was going mm-hmm. like that. And so it was bounced <laughs> off my hood. And I, was so, I finally figured it out before we ever shot him. But I was freaking out for a second there. Like, it's about to ruin this whole uh, thing. What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing that happens throughout turkey hunting is sounds sound like they're in a different place than they are. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's weird. Dude, the 180 is a is a real deal. Yeah, buddy. Like, it came from behind us, right? No. Yeah. 
two people heard it this way in front of us, mm-hmm. you know. And the it's behind crazy. us guy is actually right usually here or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's strange. Yeah. Uh, that's and I've experienced it. I've been the guy who was wrong in that a couple mm-hmm. times. I'm like, I know that bird's right out there, and it'd be behind you. It's weird. It's because your ears are um, you got like deer ears that can see like 320 degrees. I wish, man. I wish I could move them around, you know, point them <laughs> different directions. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. also while we were in Missouri, oh, congrats to the bird by the way. Thanks, dude. It's freaking cool. He was big. Yeah. It surprised me. I want to start weighing them mm-hmm. when we go do Easterns because I want to see. Yeah. Because other people are doing that stuff. And it ain't hard to carry a scale that can go to 30 pounds or whatever, you know. So, um, I mean, we got a scale that'll measure in grains. I think just cutting the head off that doesn't have any feathers on it. Is that what the you weigh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The head, the head down. Yeah. 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 That'd be good. Uh, <laughs> people would love to <laughs> they see would that. love to see that on film. <laughs> um, but, uh, so... I also caught something or had something worth weighing. Catching turkeys. <laughs> Catching them turkeys. <laughs> Catching gobs. Um, so while we're there, we're always maximizing, right? Yeah. Like, gotta make the most of the trip. Can't just have downtime. I can't, you know, like, it'd be terrible to relax and, like, enjoy yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So instead, we're gonna just uh, work ourselves to the bone and enjoy ourselves that way. But, um, so we, I'm real tired right now. That's right. Um, <laughs> We've been scouting this thing out. We're like, man, Missouri's smallmouth country. Mm-hmm. I'll take some rods up there and do a little fishing. Well, we saw some blue water on the way in. Yeah, too. exactly. Like, oh. Yeah, we got to do this thing. So there's a little creek not far from their place that we had been scouting out on the map. And we're like, hey, is there any fish in there? We're like, ah, some kids went down there and caught some creek chubs the other day. We got down there to see. And we were talking about it for a while or whatever. And then they make mention of like, yeah, you know what? There used to be a trout hatchery near here, but it's been gone for a long time. But kind of like making the point that the water's cold enough for trout. Oh, cool. I didn't think nothing of it, right? So we get on there. I tie on, or I have on from a previous fishing trip, a heavy streamer. You have a little bit lighter streamer. And uh, I go and, and run my streamer through the, uh, like the kind of the foamy water on the low water crossing. And right away, woo! And then... Out of nowhere, one of the biggest trout of my life starts torpedoing <laughs> out of the water, jumps like five times, and then wraps me up in a root ball before I know what's going on, and I have to break off. And I was so sad, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Because I would have never thought it was a trout until we saw it jump, and we were all kind of like looking at each other like, is this what I think it is? <laughs> sure enough. Well, you cast in there a little while more, and I don't think your fly was heavy enough to get down yeah, to the right column of water. Deep. Yeah, yeah, deep spot. And uh, and also turbulent water, so that means no sinky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I, I went over and tied on another heavier fly and uh, made a few more casts and had another big thump. Boom. And this fish stayed down for a while. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And he starts stripping off drag and going downstream. And we'd already talked about, like, hey, if you hook another fish, give it a line and let it get down past that root ball. And I just start letting line out. And my line's wrapped around my real butt. And I'm trying to, like, net. You know, <laughs> line management is the toughest part of catching a big fish on a fly rod, for sure. There's always a panic moment. It never goes smooth, right? <laughs> it's always something crazy. And uh, Why is I'm, that, for those who don't fly fish that much? Because, um, like, you are you don't reel the line in. You're stripping it in with your hand. So you end up with a pile of line at your feet uh, because you need as much line as possible to make the distance of cast that you need. And then you're, like, using that to bring the line back in to bring the lure or the fly back in um so but the issue is 
if that line catches on something like your reel or it's break city whatever, Missouri. it's middle. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna just there's no drag. No, it's just straight up locked up. Yeah. So it pops and breaks. The there's leash. a concept called getting them on the reel. Yeah, which then you have drag, mm-hmm. which is nice because you know like the click of the reel is is putting pressure against the fish as opposed to just the tension of your hand mm-hmm. or the knot of around your real seat and you know <laughs> gone done see yeah, you later. done and i'm thinking after this at this point i'm like oh i'm not getting more than two shots of this we gotta <laughs> land this one so i start letting line out letting line out i actually feed him a little bit you do the mike ike thing you know yeah. um which i never quite understood you have to have cocaine time. in your system that's right. That's right. that dude can pull line out of a real fast oh name. my goodness <laughs> yes. have you seen the one where he breaks the spinning real fish off and then jumps in the water and, and gets it. keeps his hand on the boat. Yeah. And catches the line as it's going sinking yeah. to the bottom. Insane. Like Erie or whatever it insane, is. Insane, dude. It's insane. Yes. Mike was a gift, dude. Like, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. You're but, like, you are the Mike Iaconelli of hunting, That's man. it, dude. That's uh, what, always optimistic. So Brian said it at me at the, uh, at the bow shop. Of all the stuff, he's like, Casey gets a little excited when he shoots something. I was like, I didn't even think I was that guy. Am I that guy? I guess I'm that guy. Yeah, it's good, dude. Yeah. Simon's the best. Uh, it is, dude. I love being excited. And I was excited about this fish. And uh, we all kind of got excited about it because I was barefooted at this point. Didn't want to get my shoes wet. So I'm standing in freezing cold water. And I end up going down on this gravel bar. I'm like freaking out. This, at this point, I'm freaking out trying to go to. The, I go to the truck. To get boots. I was I was going to get a net. Oh yeah. And I, I was like, surely there's a net in here somewhere. <laughs> Could not find a net. And also, I was like, okay, let's just get boots and we'll go across the river mm-hmm. and down into the stream and you know just hand them up. And so I come running back with boots. Well, you're already barefoot, taking off <laughs> across the river. Oh, I took my shoes off while yeah, I was while finding you had fish. That fish on. Oh my goodness, yeah. what a loser! Uh, so, uh, so Chad and I go down, and we're like kind of trying to fight the fish. And I'm like thinking about like weighing out all the options, right? Like you don't want to land it too fast because it's going to freak out on the bank and then throw the hook, and you're going to lose fish. You also don't like I don't know. I'm not planning on eating this fish, or I want it to survive, even if it's not a viable, like, reproductive area for the fish, you know? So, um, which is not the fish's reproductive area. That's a different thing. But, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the streams aren't viable for the for the fish to, to, uh, to uh, spawn. So, anyways, um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this fish make a loop, and we're going to ease it up in here on the gravel bar, and we're going to land it. And I do it one time, and it still has enough kick, so I just let it go back out. And the next time, let it kind of work its way upstream. Because the whole time with fishing, catching a fish in running water is like, if he goes downstream, and then he turns around and starts fighting you, you're pulling the hook out of the fish's mouth the whole time. So it's like a sketchy thing to do. So you try to get downstream of the fish and have them fight you and fight the current at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I'm worried about that happening. Well, finally, I kind of work him around and can kind of lay him up on the gravel bar. And then Chad and I both just grab the fish. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, ends up being... Probably, or definitely the beefiest rainbow I've ever caught in my life. Uh, not the longest, I don't think, but probably the heaviest. Uh, I haven't measured it yet. It might be longer than what we think it oh, was. we need to measure that. Yeah, it's, it's all, we measured it out on my rod, and I think y'all filmed it yeah. so that we would know where yeah. the measurement was exactly. But it's probably going to push 20 inches, but the thing was like... When they say football, it's a cliche a lot of times, yeah. but for real. Like, it was built like... A, a zucchini that stayed on the plant way too long. That's how the fish was built. Like he was girthy, like like a big old squash. 
if you take your hands like you're gonna like you know catch a football right and then you put, put all your fingertips, fingertips together, together like he was that big around yeah it was a big fish was I was insane, losing my dude. mind it was so cool and it was one of those things because you just never ex- I did not think that would happen on that trip yeah I thought we would kill a turkey I really did because just you know they're good at it but I did not yeah. think I would catch a world class rainbow there it was wild you know what else happened on that trip that was wild Eric does Hmm. When we uh, ran down the old hen, <laughs> the old hen. <laughs> Tell them about that, dude. Man, I don't even who, who I don't even remember who spotted it first. I mean, they kind of already knew. I spotted it. Yeah, um, Chad already knew that this bird was kind of in the area because a few weeks ago he had an encounter with it. Yep. And so I don't know if something's sick with her. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with her, but it had been. A, I mean, if she was sick, it wasn't like a. Bird flu, or I mean, she she was, it had been three weeks since yeah, he had had She seemed fine when she definitely didn't have the bird flu. Y'all walked around the barn. <laughs> I know. So that's what happened is we, we saw her, and uh, I think we were in the truck, and someone made like a call in the truck, and she kind of perked up and like just started following the truck then everywhere we went. And right so, down the road. Yeah, and we got down to the creek to do a little more fishing, and uh, sure enough, come walking up is that hen. So, like, we went out there, and she let us get right next to her. Yeah. I think Chad even picked her up yeah. and got it all on film. Chad, Chad, like, it was the weirdest thing. So, she was kind of being like, she wouldn't quite, she's playing kind of hard to get, like, she wouldn't quite let us touch it, but she was letting us get real close within a couple of yards, and then she would kind of turn around. Well, Chad, like, kneeled down, like, kind of like, here, doggy, you know, or whatever, like, started to stick his hand out. When he kneeled down, she straight up laid down and submitted, like, like she was ready to be bred or whatever. And so when she did that, that's when we just kind of, like, waddled, like, duck walked up to her. And we just sat there and petted her and filmed it all, and it was so cool, dude. And then, we, like, we walked away, and then she's still following us in. Yeah, she stood up and walked, started walking. I feel like there wasn't anything wrong with that bird. I don't think so. I do, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was one of those things... Where she was, she just wanted to be bred really bad, and so she's just like seeing big things like that. And I don't know, there could have been other things too. I mean, there's no telling, but I, I don't think that she was like sick. I mean, there's something to the the concept of bird brain. Like it's a it's a yeah. real thing. Like they are just not very intelligent. They have mm-hmm. great instincts, but they're not intelligent, right? So like, you know, and that's a. Uh, Confusing time of year for turkeys, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's really what it was. I do too. I do too. Between that and just hens don't get hunted there, mm-hmm. you know, she just has no reason to be scared of humans. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It was. It was cool. It I was. really. I thought that was fun, dude. Yeah. Like I was glad that we did that. Yeah. But then uh, after that, we oh, uh, then north. You fished and oh my lost goodness, another giant. Yeah, the biggest fish of the trip. I never saw this thing. Had to be a flathead catfish. That's all I can. That's. <laughs> I mean, it took drag fast. It locked down like it was a halibut on the bottom. Like never it was, jumped. Never jumped. It's weird. Didn't make any fast side-to-side movements. Yeah. And then I broke off. Of course, you're going to break off the biggest fish, right? And I'll never know what it was. And it's going to bug me for a long time. <laughs> uh, but after that, it was time to head north. So we decided to go to Iowa. And this is where I'm going to give my PSA to everybody. Which is funny uh, because PSA is what you test, but uh, <laughs> I had to go get a blood test once we got home. Uh, if you are a middle-aged male, mm. which we are bordering you on, mm. you're all uh, about these PSAs. It's important, dude. <laughs> I, uh, it's uh, it's it's good to stay healthy, and I was not, so we stopped. Mitchell called us, Mitchell Johnston, from like Dead End. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Turkey. He he gave us a call. 
We answered <laughs> as the gobblers do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dominant uh, male bird. Hey, too. That's right. He uh, he starts picking at Tyler about how we'll never make it there because he's going to stop and pee so much. <laughs> well, sure enough, it was me who had the problem. We used to pull over to use Is the bathroom. Is peeing a lot of problem though? I feel like it's good. Uh, it's problematic when you're trying to get somewhere. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's good to yeah, be able you. to pee. Yes. I was hardly able to pee. Uh, so my prostate swelled up on me mm. on this trip. First time it's ever happened. I'm 33, right? I think. And uh, uh, I always ask you that because you're older than me. How old are you? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Too old. Can't remember. <laughs> but um, so uh, as soon as like this started happening, I didn't really know what was going on. And then I started feeling it, and I knew pretty quick because it runs in my family. Uh, so, But it was like a tough thing to deal with the whole trip because like, I could hardly – use bathroom so that meant i was using the bathroom a lot um but that just kind of plagued me throughout the trip and then that night we went to go eat and then got a little cold walking back to the truck and i got the chills for like five minutes and couldn't stop shaking i was like okay i gotta get some medicine so i started taking tylenol cold and flu which is kind of like the go-to element pill whenever we're sick <laughs> and it ends up that didn't help me a whole lot but i got some ibuprofen later and it kind of made it through the trip so anyways uh Guys, just be aware of that and go to the doctor if you feel like you need to. But um, we did end up turkey hunting in Iowa with the dead-end boys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, well, you're looking at me like you I'm just confused on the PSA still. <laughs> oh, public service announcement? Yeah, no, I know what it means. I was just confused on how you were servicing them. Uh, by telling them, like, beware of the prostate <laughs> thing. If your weenie hurts, go to the doctor. But ain't your weenie too much. Well, maybe just eat better, too, because we had pizza See, that, three times. That was yeah. more of the PSA. <laughs> I would have well, it's just like, you know, get checked out. Make sure, because it can ruin a trip real quick. My gotcha. dad and granddad had to come home from Colorado because he had prostate. My granddad had prostate problems. So yeah, they didn't even okay. get to elk hunt that time. I got gotcha. you. So uh, it's just a male thing, right? Especially once you're in your 40s, start getting those blood tests because they check your PSA level. Which I don't really know what that stands for, but it's the thing. State service uh, announcement. announcement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so that's the PSA. If they, in case you're confused. Um, <laughs> but um, so that's about it for that. I've been to the doctor since we've been home. Everything's cleared up. I'm very thankful uh, for that. Prayers answered on that for sure. But um, peeing up even now, right? Not quite. <laughs> I'm probably not 100% still. But I wonder if it's because of the medicine I'm on, it's uh, like, it's called Flomax, so like it relaxes some muscles down there or something. So I wonder if I don't have like the PSI that I normally do because of that or something. I don't really know. But, hmm. what? PSA is PSI? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? This is freaking Good. A lot of guys can relate to this, okay, Kyle? Um, but, uh, so, anyways, uh, Patrick gets here late that night. And Otherwise known as PP. Otherwise known as PP. <laughs> wow, everything's coming together. That's right. Um, I tell him before he gets there, I'm like, hey, man, we're real tired. So if we don't stay up and talk, don't be, be offended or anything. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, man, mate, you know, Patrick is a, a East Tennessee guy, so his accent's different than ours, but very country. Still, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, man, that's good. You know, no problem at all." And uh, um, so Patrick does get there about nine fifteen, and we still end up staying up late talking because that's <laughs> yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody rolled in. I don't think Mitchell and Jeremy hardly slept at night at all, um, but we all met up the next morning and uh, went out and went hunting. Had a really tough weather day. And uh, yeah, did y'all hear much from birds first day? 
Yeah. Y'all did? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We heard. We hunted public. And um, we hunted public almost the whole time and heard a lot of birds, actually. When you hunted private, you didn't have as good of hunts as you did on public, right? Mm-mm. I we, sent y'all to a place that I was like, this is going to be awesome. And yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we shot at a bird on public. Yeah. By the way, you mean you? Me. <laughs> <laughs> it was flying far, so, so I didn't want to offend my tenth lease. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> I think I just did. Yeah, we're gonna knock a couple legions off of that one. <laughs> uh, I don't know if y'all have read that chapter, but legions are actually bad in the Bible, and we are many. But um, anyways, uh, no. So I, I um, had a good hunt that day too. That morning, we called in two gobblers, and it was one of those situations where in turkey hunting, you always end up like sitting. If there's more than one guy, you can end up sitting on the wrong side, and it's almost like it happens more often than it doesn't, especially when you're filming. Right? Yeah. So we spotted birds and made these moves. Mitchell went up and you know played gobbler and he and all this stuff, and <laughs> was doing the thing. Mitchell does this deal. He's so good, dude. He's so good. He he you know, you know do his, his yelp and then he'll or something like that. And it's a, yeah, it's a turkey sound, but the birds are 500 yards away. They're not hearing that thing, but he's so much turkey that he can't not just be a turkey. Right? Playing goblin <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, it's like Ken and Barbie, but different, you know? Yeah, it is. Jeremy um, actually had a story about Mitchell about falling asleep that first night. You remember? Oh, like, he was oh out, I didn't hear this. He, yes. was, he was driving back to where they were, and like, it was so late, and they were up uh, pretty late the night before, so like, Mitchell's just struggling to uh, stay awake, so he's mm-hmm. like, who Owling out the window to stay away. <laughs> I've, I've heard a story. I don't know if it's in the same story or not, but that Mitchell, uh, like, <laughs> it, it, was asleep. No, that happened. was a day. Yeah, I'll tell you about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> so, very well might be why good things happen. But so turkey, that man. morning we had birds come in. They got weird on us or whatever. But but they were like uh, Patrick and Mitchell were fired up about the place. We're like, oh, we can kill those birds. We'll kill them tomorrow for sure. So they were like pumped, you know, uh, because this was the bad weather day. It was supposed to be better weather the next day for turkey hunting. Well, it rains like most of the midday, and we end up having like a rain break, and we went over to this place, private place that y'all ended up at, and we had this weird situation. Y'all just have to watch the video because it's like super, super long to explain, but we had a turkey in our lives for like an hour, and he would never get closer than like 50 yards, and then there were deer, and yeah, another the whole time, though, right? he was strutting the whole time. In like, I feel like that's like holding your breath for 50 minutes. Do oh, they, it was holding your hold body. Breath, but it feels like holding your breath on oh, their strut. Oh, you know strut, I mean? yeah. Yeah. But I, it's just what they are made to do. Yeah. You know, they also can cover ground crazy fast. Yeah. That's what's weird. But like in that hunt, I told Patrick too, I was like, before the, even before this hunt, I was like, man, I am not good at like picking out a spot on the ground and sitting there and getting set up to be comfortable for a long time. Like, I think I'm good, and then 10 minutes later, it's like my legs are asleep and I'm hurting. That's how it always works. Uh, because, I don't know, I just don't sit on the ground a whole lot. Why to hunting? You know, if we're on the ground, we're usually moving around. Or we're in a, you know, like, if we're in a saddle, like those cruisers are so comfortable, you don't have to move around too much, right? Yeah. So, I'm just not accustomed to trying to do that. That is um, a good point, yeah. But, uh, so, uh, I, of course, did that. I sat down. Because I thought, like, oh, he's just going to run in when I'm shooting. And I sat down in a precarious position where I didn't have anything to lean my back on. So I'm just like, <laughs> and, you know, my abs are holding me up the whole time. Mm. Well, I, the turkey comes in and just stalls out for an hour. 
And so I'm like falling a mil- falling like a millimeter per minute or something, you know, where it's just like uh, just doing the slowest plank of your life. And like I'm telling you, every my every both my legs and both my arms were asleep at some point in time during this thing. And I was like wiggling my toes and doing everything. And then the deer come up and we're thinking, Oh, we're gonna kill him and then we don't kill him. And then the gobbler another gobbler shows up and takes him away and we're just ticked. So um anyways. We, I like had a vengeance for him after that, right? Like I was like, I'm understanding this turkey hunting thing now. I know why Mitchell wants to just go crazy when he kills them, you know, because like it, it ain't always just like you kill one, right? Yeah. Well, uh, so we go back and start making plans for the next day, and we're like, we're gonna get after him. And then well, that, that same evening was the night was the night I shot, or the evening I shot it, my yeah. bird. And like, this is what's this is what I really like about. Um, electronic or digital mapping mm-hmm. um what i really like is we pull off around public and we're just driving around well we pull into a parking area and i'm like i gotta take a leak it's, it's raining you know whatever a little bit sprinkling pretty good so i take a i, I pull out i hit a, a call don't hear anything start to take a leak and all four of us there jeremy uh mark eric and i and um, take a leak and then i hit another call and Jeremy's like, I'm pretty sure I just heard a, heard a gobbler. Something along those lines. Anyway, I don't remember the exact story. but we I can see something. Jeremy being the guy who's like, when he says, I'm pretty sure that he definitely yeah. heard one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So anyway, we, we do confirm that there is a gobbler somewhere, right? So we have an idea which direction. We do some calling stuff. We kind of get our stuff together real quick, and then we... We hit a call again, and uh, or we actually like blitzed into the woods like thirty yards off the parking lot, towards the direction we thought he was at. Start calling, and don't hear anything. Call again a couple more times. Finally, we hear a gobbler. I'm like, and what what um what's good about it is I'm sitting in the parking lot, and nobody really knows where we're at but me. And so I'm like, um, he's like, when we first before we went off the parking lot, he was like, you know, is there a public that way? Because that's where we thought the bird was. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a ton. So we go off into the woods, hit the calls, don't hear nothing. We finally uh, hear him again, and he's in a different direction than we thought he was. Um, and it's across the road. And I'm like, he goes, oh, man. And he's like, I don't, that's probably not public, huh? I look on the map, I'm like, yep, there's public there. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's pretty good to have Onyx just be able to tell you any random moment when you just like have to pee that all of a sudden, oh, yeah, there's public land and there's a bird over there hammering mm-hmm. right now, you know? So anyway, yeah. we, uh, I confirmed there is a lot of public across the road on the Onyx. So I'm like, and this bird's pretty close to the road. And so I'm like, dude, we got to get across the road. There's no way. We just had a car go by. I was like, there's no way this dude's going to come across the road right now. So I was like, let's just go. So we took off, went out of the parking lot, <laughs> went down the road like 50 yards and hopped in on this this little road that doesn't get used. It's a you know service road for the the people who manage the public there and uh we go we go right up to this big mess of like locust trees they got thorns all over them and limbs all under them and stuff and i'm like i hit a call so jeremy hits a call and this dude 
is like 40 yards right over the hill from us, oh, dude. No. Ah, he's close, man. It was like freak out. As soon as it happened, we were like, ah! And so I was like, I said, sit down, sit down. Well, they start trying to get in front of these couple of locusts, and there's a bunch of dead limbs there, and we made a bunch of noise doing that. So I, I was thinking, just sit down. When he comes over the hill, we'll shoot him, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to do the get in front of the trees, so I kind of went along with it. We made a bunch of noise, cracking limbs and stuff. Long story short, this this dude wouldn't come any closer. He was out there for 20, 25, 30 minutes or whatever, messing around. Finally, top the hill. I see him. He sees me, um, I think. And so I was like, I told Eric, I was like, hey, just follow me. So we get up and start walking over the hill, which is not like a sharp hill. It's a long, drawn-out hill. We get over. He's not there anywhere. I'm like, what in the heck? He probably went down in the straw. I see grass moving. And uh, I can see him just taking off. So I'm like drawing a bead, trying to find him through there. And all of a sudden, he just lifts off and uh, flies. And I did shoot. but No dead bird. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I would add that little interjection into the same evening. So we almost got two birds, one on public, one on private, in the same evening. But yeah. And, did. like, I've killed turkeys a lot further away than what this bird was. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's kind of the same thing where, like, you're you with the guys. Yeah, you didn't But you're with other people, so it's like you're putting away that feeling of, like, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And instead, it's just, like, take the lead of the people who are kind of showing you what they do there. Mm-hmm. And uh, for all intents and purposes, you think that it's going to work out because the decoy's there, the bird's super committed, it's going to happen, and then weird things go to happening. But... Uh, that's fine because mm-hmm. well, you get to learn a lot more whenever stuff like that happens. And uh, I don't mean to be cliche about the learning, but I need to learn about turkey hunting mm-hmm. if I'm going to be able to do it successfully on my own because it was just not something available to us here at home. So I was glad for the experience retrospectively. In mm-hmm. the time being, I was in pain. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> I was hurting because of uh, you know my health issues and also just being all like, you know, doing planks. So, yeah, went good. Yeah. But that night, went home, got some sleep. Not home, home. Went back to where we we're staying, and then uh, got up the next morning. Were y'all feeling good about your next morning, or were you feeling bad about your next morning? I felt good about it until I checked the weather. No, I felt good about it until we woke up, and it was the foggiest day I've seen in a yeah, long time. That was the weird thing. <laughs> it's supposed to be a good day, and it being foggy as I'll get out. And one of the things I learned about turkeys is that when it's foggy, they'll gobble on the roost, but as soon as they hit the ground, they shut up. Yeah. Uh, it's probably because predators know to go to the gobbles or whatever, so and they can't see them coming in the fog, so they mm-hmm. have to just chill. Yeah. So we, we got out late, so we didn't get to go all the way in where we wanted to. I can't imagine that happening to y'all with uh, who you were depending on to get early. <laughs> but uh, we got out just about the right time, uh, and uh, we this is we went back to that place that we called the birds in the morning before, and we just I mean we would had game planned where we we're going to set up same thing as in missouri with matt and adam it was a, a big old wind row the dozer pushed up because they cleared a bunch of land right there and we just got nestled up in these logs and we're here well, like we heard the birds as soon as we got out of the truck we mitchell has a goose honker and that's how he shot gobbles in the <coughs> aisle where there's big old uh, canada geese mm-hmm. there you go you said it that's right. right. Going, I know dude. Canadians is for most of us, but uh, oh, Luke would be proud. Luke, he is. He's a happy guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyways, we honked this turkey up, so we knew where to set up at. He was just he was where we assumed they were roosting and everything, right? So um, we 
laid everything out. We got up in the logs. We put the decoys out. Decided to put out a like a submissive hen and a feeding hen. Okay, and that submissive hen, I don't know. Mitchell has his theory on them, right? Like one of them, like you need one to make the other one work, but the other one's the one they really want, or whatever. I can't remember how it works. Um, but we go to making calls. And the turkeys go to answering. And then we don't hear them fly down, but apparently fly down because they just shut up. And we're all just chilling, waiting. And Mitchell and Patrick are all talking about, like, yeah, we're going to do this, this, this. And then we're going to wait. It's going to happen. And then everybody gets impatient. And we're like, oh, it, I don't know what we're going to do, guys. And then it's like, if we just stayed on nine, it's going to work. And then Mitchell, like, kind of gets all snuggled up. And he's making a yelp about every 15 minutes or so, maybe maybe every 10 or something. But I, I, I got to pee, of course, because – my bladder isn't emptying the way it's supposed to. So I get up to go pee. And the only way to not, like, you know, expose myself to people is to walk around everybody and go pee. Well, I walk by Mitchell, and I see him. He, like, kind of hears me walk, and he goes, like, <laughs> and, like, and his eyes still closed. <laughs> He's been napping, and he just, like, just kind of, like, wakes up and yelps, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. And shortly after, yeah, I shocked him up, man. <laughs> shortly after that, we all kind of are like, it's like 8.30, and we're like, all right, I'm about tired of this. Because they don't like to deer hunt them. They want to be moving and getting mm-hmm. after them. But when it's foggy like that, what are you going to do, right? And I mean, it's foggy enough to where you can't see probably 60 yards. Um, real foggy. And uh, I'm like, okay, we're going to go try this other place. Mitchell goes out there to grab the decoys. We start picking up where we were sitting. And Mitchell, being a turkey, goes up to these cans and just has to talk to them, you know, the decoys, right? And so he just he just makes a yelp. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, ah! You sit here, you sit here, you shoot her there, go back here. (laughs) We all get, you know, we don't. Patrick had brought me a chair to sit in because I was hurting pretty bad. Well, I'd already folded my chair up, so I just threw it down and sat down on the log and got uncomfortable again, like Mm -hmm. I always am, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, this turkey probably is 100 yards whenever this happens. Well, then you just go silent again, and we're sitting there. Gosh. We're like annoyed, and then all of a sudden, probably ten minutes later, off to our right, like where we didn't expect him to be. So we're all freaking out, you know, because I'm shooter. Patrick is there to video and be a backup shooter in case there's two birds, and then Mitchell's furthest to the right. So I'm two people away from this bird, and I need to be the one who's shooting. And this bird is coming in from Mitchell's side. So thankfully, this bird, like. A, surprised us, and we were still ready, but B, he came in and just roped it right into the hens, like didn't hang up or nothing, walked straight to them and starts like trying to mount the submissive hen. And we got to see like the show, like it was cool. Not like a gross show, but like he was like (laughs) trying to like kind of make her move and was pecking her in the head, like why aren't you doing what I want you to? And then finally he realizes that she's not alive. And it's like, you know, birds are weird, right? So they're not real smart. So he's just like, oh, I'll just go to the other one. She must be real. You know? <laughs> so he goes to pecking on that one. And I whisper to Patrick. And I, and finally, by this point in time, I can shoot the decoys, right? Well, actually, no, I can't. Um, I, I actually have to reposition. So I say, hey, whenever his tail, you know, whenever his butt turns to us with his fan up, I'm going to move. He says, yeah. So I, I got up on like one knee and got ready to shoot. And I, I said something like, do you want me to wait till his 
he sticks his head up. Patrick says, no, when you're ready. And then uh, you know how I how quick I am on the draw. As soon as he said that, it was like within two seconds, it's like, boom. <laughs> Patrick, you were shooting TSS Yes, he gave me a TSS because, I, you know, I didn't have the range, or I didn't think we did the day before. Um, well, end up I shoot this turkey at like 12 yards. And, dude, I ain't never seen a turkey do a backflip. But, I mean, he literally did a backflip when I shot him. Like, just straight up, just Done. It's cool. And that is such a have you seen the footage thing. on that one? Yet? I haven't. I'm excited. Dude, I might actually. Is, well, since we're talking about this, we sick. might have to watch this here in a second. Um, I'll plug it in. But there's a lot of. Uh, it's like a lot of GoPro footage in there too. I think because that turkey ends up coming in the wrong direction, and Patrick has to go wide on him to try to get him on camera. But I'm sure that there's some really good footage of when he's pecking around on those hens, and of course the shot's probably pretty good too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty stoked to kill my first Iowa bird. That was the, just my second Eastern after Mitchell had helped me kill my first eastern about two weeks before that so thanks mitch that's right man it was been a pretty good turkey season man yeah pretty fun i guess you've only got to kill one bird yeah sorry man yeah that's right i've been i've tried for sure yeah um but it's just the way it worked out but i was i'm satiated for sure and uh i don't know it's been great that iowa bird that you killed um is gonna that video Plans to release on Cinco de Mayo. All right, dude. So, <clears throat> Cinco de Pavo. If you uh, want to grab you some chips and salsa and watch the video mm. that night. Trace Calories, baby. Trace How many calories do we have today? We had a bunch, I think. Uh, a lot, we had for those sure. calories and uh, salsa everywhere we went. Mm-hmm. Yep. That so, was good. But uh, uh, you recently have set up a boat. I have. I have. I know and, this has been a long podcast. Uh, but. It has been a long podcast. Um, so I got my new SR350 in the mail the other day and got the site and all that stuff to set up. So, Is that a caliber? Uh, yeah. Um, I think that probably is about right, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's a Bowtech. And uh, first year shooting a Bowtech, and I like that sucker because we just went and shot it at Tech, and I shot the 109 yard caribou with that thing so pretty stoked about it did we talk about that already on the podcast yeah and a different podcast oh yeah different podcast with isaac okay i didn't know if we talked about it today or not we how long have we been talking eric what does it say over there? do you want the exact yeah yeah, yeah. how many We're, minutes at least uh 106 okay that's about right oh, that's sorry guys bad, y'all, y'all don't hate us for an hour and six minutes about <clears throat> hour and 30 you're about tired of us but uh yeah so i like that thing a lot we'll probably actually do uh a video about like setting up a bow and stuff like that maybe a couple of them because those bow shot videos are pretty fun um Shout out to On Target and Ken. They always help us out and uh, are good to us. So mm-hmm. those guys do a good job, too. Good job, Brett. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, man. Uh, we're going to go set up yours and Eric's bow tomorrow, most likely. Yeah. Um, Uncle Brett going to help yep. me out. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll give Kevin to uh, Eric. I, I, think long I, well. I had him last time, I think. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. He's the Bretts. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw Kevin yesterday. He was real cool. Uh, not that he's not always cool, but he's he's kind of funny. He's like excited about the the family day or whatever out there so yeah. he was having fun yeah so anyways uh he better be he better be for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny try but, to add some more. yeah we are bullman right now so we've been setting up a bunch of bows doing much shooting and all that and uh probably get after the piggies pretty good um we might have another hog video in the works yeah Who knows? we're trying i mean we went we took isaac um from vector um from the tax stuff back home to try to shoot a pig the other night and we kind of <laughs> botched that situation a little bit. It was it was weird, man. I don't know. I mean, there's just no such thing as a guarantee 
in hunting, even yeah. when you think there is. So, like, I don't feel that bad about it. <clears throat> Could we have done things differently to maybe kill the pigs? Probably. But, like, I don't know. We've done pretty well out there, like, knowing they're at the corn and going up and stalking them. So, I didn't feel that bad about the situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we probably would have been better off, like, ambushing. But Yeah, we just kind of messed around too long, feel like. Made me sad. Yeah, sorry. I really wanted Isaac to shoot a pig because he's a good dude, and he uh, he um, really was excited to shoot a pig. I think so. he was. He says he had fun. He I did? guess I believe him. Yeah, he's hard to believe <laughs> because he's so nice. That's right. Oh, we had so, he had his first water burger. Oh yeah, and we had so much fun in water burger because we. Uh, I think Tyler knew this was going on, so he like was playing it up. But like, wanted to film Isaac's first experience in Waterburger. That'll be in the video. But like, you kind of like hammed it up a little bit with the camera in Isaac's face. That way, people thought he was like somebody real special, which he is very special and near and dear to my heart. But um, like, people were coming up and talking to us a lot in Waterburger, <laughs> and they thought Isaac was like a famous guy or something. And this one lady. <laughs> Uh, Isaac is just He's so innocent right So like he's not Thinking this way This one lady You heard what she said Is that right What he says That she said Is um, um, What does your shirt say say, Who are you with Uh All I heard Was who are you with Yeah That's all I heard I I don't know Isaac turns to this lady And says it says Mountain Tough because, like, I don't know what that is. It's a fitness thing or something like that. But um, it's on his shirt. Though. It's on his shirt. And if she didn't say the first thing and only said, "Who are you with?" He just was like, "Why didn't you read my shirt?" It says Mountain Tough. <laughs> it says it right here. It says Mountain Tough. I, I am led to believe that is the case. <laughs> <laughs> because she did not say another word. Did you look at it? <laughs> She's looking at her face. <laughs> Ma'am, if you're listening to this podcast, he did not mean that in a mean way. No, he didn't. But no. From now on, we've got this running joke. It says mountain tough. No, we also say, who are you with? <laughs> so, yeah, good it times, good. man. It was good, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I got your turkey footage pulled up. Good. Um, I'm, I'm fixing the fixing to watch that so can i watch it too i suppose you can good um i guess uh, a couple of things real quick before we get done if you guys would be so kind as to head over to youtube right now we've got um well i guess it depends we won't have the iowa video until like i said cinco de mayo um but we do have the Tennessee turkey video if you haven't seen it. And I know how many people have seen it and I know how many people listen to this podcast. So there's a few of you out there that have not uh, seen that video. It is a cool video. Uh, I think you would you would enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. And then also we're going to have a pond hopping episode that's going to release here probably about a week from when this podcast releases. So uh, another bass fishing video, if you're into that thing, that'll be something to look forward to. And that will hopefully come out, uh, whatever the second week in May is Mm -hmm. sometime then. So that's kind of the idea the schedule for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be bringing another podcast to you with Isaac, uh, about a week from this one. And then, uh, just got more videos and stuff that are going to be, uh, in the world. Hey, while we're asking out. people to do stuff, we haven't done this in a long time. Y'all go leave a podcast review. Yeah. We haven't done that in forever. Yeah. So we'd really appreciate that. It'll help us um, reach more people and just get the good word out there, like That's they it. say. We, uh, so we have some new partners that uh, haven't been like formally announced or anything, but uh, those 
people will be giving us stuff to give away. So we might have to do a podcast review giveaway. One That's of these right. Days. And the way we and do those, it's all backdated. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't I mean if you've ever left a podcast, you're in the drawing. So mm-hmm. you can leave one now and you're still in the drawing, you know, six months from now. If right. we do something like that. You can leave as many as you want to as well, because That's you can right. go get on other people's phones and leave podcast reviews. That's so right. go ahead and get started. If you're ever out and about in public place, just grab a phone, hop on That's iTunes right. or not iTunes. <laughs> sorry, that makes me sound like I'm 46, but uh, yeah, hop on the uh, podcast app and give a review. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, that's anyway, cool. Yeah, that's about it, right? Anything so else? remember to do all that because it's a lot to remember. <laughs> but <laughs> just, uh, honestly, the thing to ask would just be like, continue um, your support of us, guys. We really, really appreciate that. I mean, and uh, I guess we'll do our best to remember who we represent and what we do. Y'all keep us accountable on that, and y'all remember. And this is your element. Liberty. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life, and check it out. They got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now, with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone, so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.